Good afternoon, one and all, and welcome to today's podcast. Today being Tuesday. Yes, the podcast brought to you by Equine Devil's Advocate. It was supposed to be yesterday evening, but hey ho, perhaps I should invest in a crystal ball. But it would be highly remiss of me not to mention the weather before we get started. Today, oh my God, glorious, sunny, warm, just fabulous. I do hope it's the same where you are. And of course, this glorious weather has brought us back out to the picnic table. Please do reacquaint yourselves with creaky tree and noisy neighbor, should he appear. And the sound of some Monday afternoon, Tuesday afternoon even, traffic. Long may it last, we say. Now, of course, the original plan, as I said, was to resume the intrigue of the story. The story of Mary and her inappropriate attire for quadrille. But yesterday took on its own agenda. And the thing is, people, there's a different school of thought. Many have a different school of thought, but we here at Equine Devil's Advocate work very much in the vein of, how can I put it, carpe diem, seize the day or the moment. If the moment is right to tackle a problem, then tackle it. If the moment is not, then wait, and the right moment will come. You might well be thinking, what on earth are you blathering on about? Well, it will, in time, all become clear. And these are actually case histories that I would very much like to talk you through in some depth. And we will come to that. But for now, we are paving the way in this whole journey of discovery and all that horses entail. It is a much bigger world than you may ever imagine initially. So, let us, without further ado, resume the story. A little recap, perhaps. Now, we left you last Monday in our midweek practice, the point at which Mary showed her prowess as a very speedy, speedy games pony to all of us. It was a complete surprise, except perhaps to Melanie, who, in a totally blasé way about the whole incident, in fact, in truth, I think she actually really rather enjoyed it, her pretty white pony charging around the school doing sliding stops. She, Melanie, may well have thought it great fun, but it didn't exactly fit with our quadrille routine. No, the emphasis of quadrille was teamwork and synchronicity, not winner-takes-all. So, Melanie's Blase lack of concern was, in fact, because she had total faith in the fact 
that when she changed her tack, she too would change her pony. She was adamant that Mary would once more become perfect teammate and canter beside my pony Tam in perfect synchronicity. Well, let's face it, people, who could not be intrigued to see such a thing happen? Now, also, in reference to some of your correspondence from last week, for which we thank you, it is worth me adding a tad more fact to this particular part of the story. You see, a number of you thought ahead and mentioned the difference of saddles, jumping as opposed to dressage, and yes, they do, of course, put the rider in a completely different balance, a different position of the body, of the seat, and of the leg, and rightly so. They are meant to do it. That is what they are designed for, and an awful lot of research has gone into that development. That would, of course, be considered rather a large clue for any horse to better understand its job of the day. But the interesting fact here in this timeline, children did not, as a rule, have multiple saddles. No, not unless they were mm, expensive children. Now, we, all four of us, were, how would I describe us? Well, I think we were well-kept, free-range children. And as was the norm, we all had only one saddle each. In fact, Sam only had what Justin was wearing. And Justin being a school pony, Justin wore only what was on the rack underneath the name of Justin in the track room. So you see, this made matters all the more intriguing as... Melanie had said all she was going to change, all she needed to change, was her girth, her saddlecloth, and her bridle. No need for a concrete block strapped to Mary's tail. And even her best bridle was actually identical to the one she always wore. The only difference being it was black and clean. Now, another interesting point to mention in this timeline, black tack was actually usually more expensive because black leather is dyed. Mostly everything was brown because brown leather is not dyed. But nevertheless, who could not be intrigued to see what would happen in the next practice? So, sure enough, as time does, it went by, quite quickly, filled with, oh, school, homework, activities, and then there we were, once again, in the indoor school, the riding school, all of us, Mary, sporting her new wardrobe, black. I have to say, in which she looked very, very smart, she wore a black saddlecloth that was lined half-lined, I should say, with sheepskin, a black leather girth and a black bridle. As I said, just the same as the one she always wore. Very much cleaner, though, and very much newer-looking. Hmm. Now, Sam, of course, being Sam, said, Well, how is that 
going to make a difference. Hmm. Melanie, looking somewhat smug, said, "Oh, it will. Just you wait and see." So, we got on. We cracked on with our warm-up. We practiced individually our transitions, some simple changes. Tasha was all over her goose impersonation, to which Spot was really responding rather well. It worked for them both. I too felt really rather pleased with myself when it came to the lengthening my pony's trot. I was also secretly relieved that Tam was genuinely, probably way more comfortable to sit to than Spot looked. Tasha still. Had to go rising. Sitting had not yet become the way to go. Now, of course, even though we were all diligently working away independently at our warm-up and our preparation, we still, at every opportunity, cast a glance at Mary, who, I have to say, looked the model picture of a beautifully scored pony and very striking in black. I just couldn't help but notice. Was it my imagination, or did she actually look ever so slightly more balanced and just a little bit more forward? Was it an optical illusion? Was it because of the black that somehow it highlighted the position of her head and neck and her frame? It was actually truly really hard to say, but intriguing. Nonetheless, what was very obvious, though, was the smug little smile that Melanie wore on her face the whole time she was riding, and I'm sure she knew that Sam was really struggling to be patient. Yes, sure enough, before long he could contain himself no more, and exasperated said, "Oh, come on! You must be ready by now." Let's see you two canter together. I looked at Melanie and said, "Well, I'm good if you are." Melanie smiled again, a smug little grin. "Yup," she said, and gave Mary a little pat on the neck, and said to her, "Good girl." So, we resumed our positions, as per last time. Myself and Tam on the outside. Mary and Melanie on the inside. We both together walk to canter before the short side. We stayed side by side, stride for stride, around the corners of the short side, and onto the long side. The exact spot where Mary had seen her invisible start line. Yet, as we met it. Nothing. No, not a squeal, not a buck or a fart from Mary. There she was, still exactly beside me. Well, black tack has magical powers. I confess, I was actually really surprised. Um, perhaps not as surprised as Sam. I don't believe it. He said, "Do it, do it again," and so we did again. And again, and yes, angelic Mary, no longer games pony, no, now dressage pony through and through. Anywhere we cantered, she stayed 
exactly where she was supposed to be, even on the circle where I had to lengthen my stride to cover the extra ground on the outer line. She, Mary, shortened up and stayed beautifully in sync on the inside line. It was fabulous. What a simple solution to our problem: black tack, magic black tack. So we went about practicing all the bits of our routine. Melanie still smiling in a slightly smug way, and Sam now quiet. We felt absolutely, almost Captain Adam, shipshape and ready, ready for this coming Saturday, and dare I say, we were almost, almost looking forward to it. We all felt that we might actually be excited to demonstrate our skill and our ponies to Captain Adam, instead of feeling sort of bit anxious about it. And Mary, throughout the whole practice, was impeccably behaved, as were all the ponies on that particular day. And so you see, people, the emphasis. On this piece of the story, this little section of time is something I have never forgotten. It was, in fact, a revelation. Yet, when one stands back and really looks at why should it actually be so surprising? Because as time goes on, we learn and we realize that horses and ponies are. Highly intelligent, they're also sensitive creatures. They watch, they observe, they take in all manner of information on a daily basis, and of course, they do learn a huge amount by association, as do we. Association. Is a phenomenal thing because it is a learnt process, and it's a process that we all go through. And is it actually any wonder that horses and people can work so well together, because they both have this theme, this thread in the learning ability in common? So yes, true, it was a learnt behaviour, but Mary associated. Schooling, with a black bridle, and a black girth, and a black sheepskin-lined saddlecloth. Now we could debate this point all day long, because what exactly was it about those items that gave Mary the information that she needed? Was it the colour? Could that be possible? Melanie said no. Melanie said she was adamant that it was because Mary only wore sheepskin for pony club dressage, and this particular girth and this particular bridle that she wore today also smelt different from her brown ones. So, are we looking at the answer? To have come from smell and touch, the feel 
of sheepskin on her back, creating a whole different association to this pretty little white mare. Does that mean then Mary is more intelligent than another horse, or more educated than other horses or ponies, or more adept at association, or given more opportunity to explore her ability to learn from association? Yes, people, it's another big old question, but just. Play around with that idea. Think of your own experiences, and look at where your horse recognizes something in you or in somebody else, even if it doesn't belong to that person. By association, the most obvious one that people talk about and freely accept is, oh, it's the food. They associate you with food. But how does that pan out when the person that works with the horse, or rides the horse, or educates the horse, is not the person that feeds the horse? How does it pan out when the person that tacks up the horse is not the person that rides the horse? Where do these associations start to come into play? And how quickly have you seen? A horse or a pony adapt and learn new ones, or stick to its old ones, its familiar ones, its long-standing associations. Maybe that boils down to,、mm, I only ride out with this other horse or this other pony, which then comes into, is the horse nappy? Is the horse? Herdbound. I hate that expression. That's why I was struggling to think of another one to say. But you see how these associations can start to take on a whole other theme. But they begin by an association, a learned association. Some of them, yes, it becomes something that works against us, so that we don't like it. In the case of Mary, we thought it was. Fabulous. So yes, people, an enormously big question today. But let's break it down to a sort of like an answerable question. www.equinedevilsadvocate.com. The question would be: Can horses learn by association of their own volition? It's their own capacity. Or is it something that they learn from us? They learn that ability from us, and then utilize it with us. If you go to our website, Hot Stuff, you'll find perhaps a clearer explanation on his page, and Biscuit, another on his page, and of course, Koya, the man in the middle.、Hmm, I'm not sure, but please do. Give it some considerable thought because it may well create some clarity for you and aid you in a progressive forward step. If not now, but possibly in the future. So yes, we hope to plant the seed of thoughts in your mind, and this actually is a topic we very much want to discuss in a lot more depth. 
and hopefully we will start this coming Friday. That is, if uh, unforeseen crazy days allow. But until then, thank you so much for your patience. And wherever you are, whatever you're doing, please do take care. And we will, of course, speak very, very soon.